This is the Yob ConvoCast, one-on-one conversations with your other brother's authors, community members, supporters, and friends. What's up, friends, and welcome to the Yob Combo Cast Conversations with all of the stars in the Yob universe. And I'm excited for this episode because he he's the, whether he chooses to accept it or not, I think he chooses to accept it. He's the film aficionado of Yob. He's written several blogs about films, and I'm so excited to talk about a very favorite film in our community today. It's our other brother, Eugene. What's up, Eugene? Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me. Of course. There's no one else I would rather have to talk about this than you today. Um, spoiler alert, because we just it's in the title. So if you clicked onto it, you know what we're talking about. And this is something I think we're going to try to do more often. We did a little film review of Spider-Man No Way Home with our dear brother, Matt. And today we're talking about Luca with Eugene. So it goes without warning that if you haven't seen the movie and don't want to be spoiled by the movie then save this podcast for another time. Save it until after you watch the movie if you don't want to be spoiled by it. Or if you've already read Eugene's blog and have been spoiled in some way, shape, or form, then if you've already got your foot half in the water, you might as well jump in and listen to this podcast today. But but we're going to go a little deeper because this is a movie that keeps coming up in various... Um, well, you wrote a blog about it. Someone else wrote a, like a blog that referenced it. It came up in another Yobcast at some point, and it certainly has come up in our Discord discussions here and there as well. So... Um, I thought this would just be a great opportunity. Like, why not let's just devote a whole convo cast to this film that you wrote a blog about? Because you like this movie, right? Yeah, I did. I definitely did. It was, it was good and very definitely a very beautiful movie. And I'm sure we'll get into we'll get into all the juicy details over that. Oh yes, oh yes. Have you seen all the Pixar movies? I have. Yes. So where does this where does this rank in the Pixar echelon? Like, where would you place this? On a scale of Toy Story to the Good Dinosaur, <laughs> that's yeah. my personal my personal rankings. But what what would you do? Yeah, um, yeah, I would definitely say Good Dinosaur is in bottom three, along with Brave and Cars two. Um, mm. uh, yeah, it's it's so hard to say because man, that's such tough competition because so many of them are just so good. Yeah. Oh, it's very tough. Um, I wouldn't say top five. I think because the thing about this movie that's nice is that it's not like a lot of the other Pixar movies where they try to be really big and epic and have, you know, epic themes or very deep themes, you know, like soul or inside out or any of those. And, and this one is deliberately trying to be a more simple laid back, you know, colorful, fun movie. Um, So, you know, in some respects it kind of doesn't quite hold up to those ranks, but I think it's definitely close to the top five, I'd say. Um, more or less, yeah, just pretty, pretty close to top five. Definitely top ten, no, no question. Maybe it'd be like okay. uh, seven, eight, maybe something like that. Um, with one either being, oh gosh, I don't know. It, either it's so tough to choose between like Soul, Inside Out, Toy Story Three. Uh, what else? Uh, so you're high, you're high on Soul, huh? Yeah, you, wrote, <laughs> I love that you sort of referenced a, a blog about Soul as well. I know one of I, one of your pieces of art because you do all the art for your blogs, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and you did like a soul shout out in one of your blog work artwork. I remember that 
Yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it was clever. I always appreciate like a new idea, but I also found it a little strange. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't gravitate to the characters as much or as easily as maybe other ones. Cause I would definitely put Luca in my top favorites. I mentioned a little while ago that Toy Story was at the top, and Toy Story is definitely up there, but um I think Inside Out, you mentioned Inside Out, and I was like, I think that's my favorite Pixar movie. It's just it it does the it does the best of both worlds of a super clever, unique concept, but then also just like characters you can connect with and and relate mm-hmm. with. So so maybe that maybe yeah. there will be an Inside Out podcast at some point because I have a lot to say. <laughs> we don't want to oh, waste yeah. time on Inside Out though. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, yeah. We're talking about Luca. Yeah, we are. We're talking about Luca. What was the impetus for your blog? Because your blog, I want to make sure I got the title right. I have it pulled up on my screen. So you wrote a blog, the queer baiting or close friendship of Luca, and you wrote this in December of twenty twenty one. Um, what was the, for those that didn't read the blog or missed it, uh, what was the impetus for writing that blog? Why did you want to write about Luca? Well, the thing that was so refreshing about Luca that it has something you just don't see very much in movies, hardly at all. And that's, a, you see like a very close, beautiful friendship between uh, two boys. And that's just something you you don't see very much or just see very rarely. Like I can only maybe count on one hand a number of movies I've seen with this theme and um, like maybe uh, Stand By Me is one and, uh, you know, I've blogged about Branded Brothers and all those and, you know, those are beautiful. It's just so rare because I think there's just kind of this taboo of wanting to do any sort of thing about a close friendship between two boys or two men or that kind of thing because, you know, people start, you know, throwing around a lot of, you know, gay accusations or what have you. And and Luca definitely got that, which is, well, into the second theme where we kind of talk about uh, queer baiting and now the thing is is that when Luca came out back in June of last year I think it was um, it got kind of a, a little bit of a backlash from the LGBTQ community because they were angry because they thought what they were going to get was the gay love story or a gay romance or that or that, or maybe at the very least that the movie was trying to tell a gay romance or love story and chickened out and pulled out or something and didn't go all the way through with it. And, and, you know, accusing like, well, you know, since China is such a huge market and, you know, Disney wants to make a lot of money in China and China doesn't like any, you know, gay themes or imagery in their movies and stuff like that. And then they think maybe that's why they pulled out and that kind of thing. And so that's, that's where the phrase queer baiting comes from. Like it means like promising you're going to have a gay character or representation in your movie. And then they just kind of chicken out and don't show it. Like, I think the, the very last Star Wars movie, uh, Rise of Skywalker, got that flack because it claimed it was going to have the first ever gay couple in a Star Wars car- in a Star Wars movie, and it was just relegated to like a background kiss that you could easily blink and you miss it type of thing. But that wasn't, yeah, it's just kind of at the bottom of the pile. The problems with that movie, <clears throat> but anyway, um, but... <laughs> we'll have we'll have a Star Wars Rise of Star- Skywalker podcast. <laughs> Don't get me started. All the films. Don't get me started. I'll go on. I'll go on for hours. But anyway, I digress. But but yeah, so that's that's kind of the controversy around the movie. And uh, from what you know, what we've gathered is that um, you know the movie wasn't intended to depict a gay romance. It was like supposed to depict a you know. Friendship between two boys and a prepubescent friendship as that at that the director clarified that and he clarified that he based it off of his own childhood friendship he's actually Italian and he grew up in a Italian coastal village very similar to the one in the movie and he based it very much uh, you know on his friendship growing up like he was very much Luca and he had a best friend who was just like Alberto and 
So, I mean, you just kind of have to take his word at that, I think. But I mean, I guess like the reason why it gets a lot of, you know, people think it might also have a lot of gay themes is because they have this whole plot that they're sea monsters and they're, they're fascinated with the human world. And they want to enter a contest and get a Vespa, but every time they go into the water or get touched by water or get rained on or anything, they turn back into their sea monster form. So, uh, and they have to desperately hide it and keep it from a community that doesn't like sea monsters, which again, a lot of LGBT folks thought was, you know, supposed to be like a metaphor for, you know, gay people trying to stay in the closet and that kind of thing, uh, which is why they also projected the fact that maybe, you know, uh, it was also a metaphor for uh, uh, and, yeah, Luca and Alberto being in a gay relationship and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where a lot of the controversy or discussion of the movie kind of centers around. Yeah, I figured as you were as you were laying it all out, it would probably be good for anyone who may not be familiar with this movie. I can't imagine that they would be, but <laughs> um, but basically the plot point, and this is going from their IMDb, IMDb page, a young boy experiences an unforgettable seaside summer on the Italian Riviera filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. Luca shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, but all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. He is a sea monster from another world just below the ocean's surface. And yeah, I definitely, as I rewatched it, because I re I watched this movie for the first time a few months ago, loved it, rewatched it again in preparation for this podcast and loved it again. Um, and definitely noticed, like picked up more of the the gay themes as you referenced, um, the whole side sea monster secret, um, particularly when there's a point in the, in the film towards the middle end of the film where Alberto is revealed as a sea monster and it's this big gasp worthy moment. And I, it comes across like it really does like from my vantage point, it comes across as being outed, like someone outed you or for, to be fair, he kind of outed himself the way he was, um, he was getting jealous with a girl, which I have thoughts on Alberto. We're going to get to Alberto in a second, but, um, but I definitely see the, the themes of that. Um, and I like how you referenced the backstory. Cause you mentioned that in your blog too, that the director was an Italian man who, who really based this story off of a childhood friendship that he had. And that's helpful background information, um, just to know, and just to know, to clarify, like the ages of the characters, um, you know, not that prepubescent boys can't start. I mean, when I was prepubescent, I was definitely feeling something toward other boys. I don't know if it was sexual or, or what it was at that point, but, um, but that, those are just good clarifying details. And I'm curious, maybe we're jumping too far ahead, but I'm, I'm curious for when there's a Luca two, cause I'm convinced that there will be a Luca two. Like if it takes place a year later, two years later, three years later, if they're not prepubescent anymore, if they are now teenagers, if they are in that age range where hormones are raging and flying, I am curious to see where the story goes from there because there's a theme, there's a rule in improv that, or there's a, I mean, it's kind of a rule in storytelling or telling a next story um, with saying yes and. So like say yes, there's another story, but then and what? Like what is the next iteration of this story? And it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I could absolutely see Disney, Pixar, if they're looking for a way to introduce like their first significant, because they're starting to dabble inside gay characters um, here and there. But if they're looking for like an end an to like have a first like significant main gay character, I think Luca 2 could pave the way for that. Not saying that it will, not even saying that I want it to, but I'm just saying that that is a thing that we should be looking out for. I'm just saying as a Tom hot take. <laughs> yeah. Well, I personally hope they don't do a sequel. Um, I thought it just ended perfectly right where it was at. 
and uh, um, you know, just kind of ending it there. And it's sort of in a weird way where I actually kind of have a weird feeling of like I don't want to watch those characters grow up in kind of a way because mm. uh, and enter any sort of go into puberty or have any sexual relationships of any kind, gay or straight. It, something about that feels kind of off to me. Like they're living in this world of a nostalgic childhood, you know, like it was the director's nostalgic childhood. I think. Um, you know, it's just kind of like that, that does feel kind of weird. I mean, I'm not 100% opposed to it, but uh, they did do some shorts on Disney Plus, uh, uh, sending around Alberto, I think, but I have not watched those much to my I shame. noticed those too. Yeah, I was like, I if I had time this week, I was going to try to watch those, but I, I did not. But yeah, those are those are on Disney Plus as well. Yeah, not a sponsor of the show, but there <laughs> it is. Um, let's get to, yeah, let's get to some of the story because. I picked up on some things and let, let me know how, how the, how these things hit you because mm-hmm. primarily with Alberto, I'm convinced Luca is straight. I'm convinced I don't have a lot of reservations there. He seems to get wooed by this girl. Maybe it's less about the girl and more about the fact that she's educated and goes to school. And maybe that's more of the draw. Maybe I drew too much into it as far as his fascination with the girl, but when the girl and what's her name, I'm sorry. I don't even know what her name is. Uh, Julia. <laughs> Julia. Yeah. yeah, there's a girl named Julia. She enters when the boys go into the town. Um, she enters the story. And as soon as that happens, you see Alberto's energy change. Well, you see Luca's energy change too. And they both go in opposite directions. Luca is super enthralled, loves hearing about school that she goes, the school that she goes to and, and just learning in general. And Alberto just definitely has an air of feeling threatened or feeling like, who is this? Who is this intruder? Like that's intruding on our good on our bond and also on our mission because they're trying to enter a contest and win a Vespa and travel the world on an, in an adventure. Like what a, what a beautiful thing that speaks to my soul as a wanderer myself. But, um, but like, how did you interpret Alberto's reaction to Julia? Do you get any gay vibes there or, or is it possible that this boy could just, he just wants a boy to hang out with? (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, I think we've all experienced that time in our lives uh, at one point or another where we had a really good friend that we really liked and this and this uh, friend of and a friend eventually like meets someone else, someone else comes into the party and, and suddenly they connect really strongly with that person and suddenly they're animatedly chatting and and getting excited about all sorts mm-hmm. of things and uh, and suddenly, you know, you're kind of feeling a little bit left out. Maybe that person is not someone you dislike per se, but at the same time, you're not a big fan of them either. And, you know, and then suddenly it's just suddenly you kind of turn into a third wheel. And I think that's something a lot of people can really relate to, I think, is just kind of this, uh, you know, I think I think that's happened to everyone. I can remember that's, that's happened to me a few times, you know, and um, I mean, it's up for interpretation, I think, you know, if one wanted to interpret it that way as a... Um, Alberto is, you know, getting, you know, is gay and having like a, you know, jealousy or, or that kind of thing in that regard. But there, you could also look at it on a level of like, you know, just a friend, uh, you know, having an intruder intruding upon their friendship and that kind of thing. And uh, I just found that. Yeah, I found that part of the movie super relatable of just whether whether it's a straight friend who suddenly is dating a girl and now his attention is divided or. Or it's just like a friend in this this Yob universe that you make and then another person comes along and then they become friends. And I just found it super relatable. Like when you feel like the third wheel, hopefully, not not hopefully we've all felt that. I'm just saying hopefully mm-hmm. that's a relatable thing that everyone's been the third wheel at some point. Oh, yeah. I definitely remember there was a time where I was, uh, you know, I was with a group of roommates and uh, 
And I was definitely wanting to be friends with this one roommate of mine. And we had this other roommate and who came in and they suddenly they they both realized these two roommates both realized they like really liked Big Brother the reality series and they Ooh. just they just chatted and I've never seen a single episode of Big Brother so they just started chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting about Big Brother and just wouldn't shut up about it and I'm kind of sitting there the whole time you know just awkwardly looking at my phone here and there and that, that was definitely a moment where uh i became a third wheel and yeah they they went on became really good friends afterwards and i was kind of left in the dust a little bit somewhat all because of big brother of all things <sighs> the worst arguably the worst reality show i've seen big brother and Sur- i'm a huge survivor fan survivor is a far superior product in my opinion mm-hmm. but <laughs> let the big brother people be friends they they need each other they need each other to keep company yeah um so that was that was one aspect of Alberto's story that I latched on to. Some other things that I noticed about Alberto this time, um, that I noticed more this time than the first time, was being fatherless, which certainly being fatherless doesn't mean that you're going to be gay or turn out gay, but mm-hmm. it is a suspiciously common trait in, in the gay community and in many guys in our community of either completely absent fathers or, or disconnect with their father. Um, and so that's something that I just noticed. Like, that's interesting. And then... Um, I think the other thing that stood out was after, you know, the one of the big plot points of the movie is is Alberto wants to just reveal himself to Julia and to Luca um, to prove that they're sea monsters then, and that a sea monster wouldn't possibly be allowed to go to the school because Luca starts to become obsessed with going to the school. So he wants to reveal himself and thus reveal Luca to Julia and just kind of end this, stick, nip it in the bud and just like... Uh, enough with the school stuff Um, and it backfires on him and he gets exposed and Luca turns on him um, pretends to not know what he's talking about and um, and so then he runs away to his secret place and Luca goes to find him later Um, and I found that a very vulnerable moment in the movie that I also resonated with and um, he said something to the effect of like go away you don't understand or or he was kind of having a pity party Um, Alberto was just in his own little secret lair. And again, something as a gay or a queer or an SSA person, I kind of just identify with that feeling of like, I've just been severely emotionally wounded and I need my space. Nobody would understand me. Like there's so much about Alberto's character, this go around that I just saw so much parallel to my, to my life and particularly to my sexuality. What about you? Anything else about Alberto resonate? Um, well, not a heck of a lot. I res- I resonated a lot more with Luca in a lot of ways. Um, like, because, uh, you know, Luca and his sea monster family, like, uh, he's an only child. You know, I can relate to that. Um, and, you know, his, uh, you know, his parents are, are generally good parents, but, you know, maybe he's a bit coddled by them somewhat and that kind of thing. And he lives kind of a dull life and, uh, and he kind of wants to, you know, break out and... Uh, you know, break out of that boring life and, and he's interested in the human world and wants to, um, you know, do that and wants to have friends and go out and be with friends. And that's when, you know, he meets up with Alberto and, uh, and, you know, Luca is a lot more quiet and reserved and introverted and nervous about things. He doesn't want to do things very much. And, but then he meets Alberto and, you know, Alberto is much more uh, outgoing, more uh, adventurous, more daring, more brave, more excited, more extroverted. And, um, and you know, he kind of shows him the ropes and shows him the way of things. And, 
and that's the thing where it's just like yes yes and you know i I relate to that a lot the only thing though is is that i'm i'm often thinking ah oh, i i just wish so badly i had an alberto at that age you know 10 11 12 um an alberto friend like that and you know who who did that pushed me and you know, took me in the world, which kind of leaves me, I mean, I, I'm sorry if this is getting too off point here. We were talking about Alberto, but, um, but it kind of, uh, but the one thing about the movie is that even though it's beautiful and I like it a lot, it's actually also sort of slightly hard for me to watch because it just kind of filled me with so much longing and made, like I said, made me wish I had an Alberto at that age while growing up and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's just something something I wonder how different I would be not saying that I would be straight per se or something if I had a close friendship like that growing up but I'm like oh gosh I think that that would have definitely given me a boost in some way you know yeah at least yeah at least socially emotionally like that if nothing else would have I, I resonate with that part of the story too not having that type of a friendship growing up and definitely feeling more more reticent and needing like I find a lot of my friendships today that not that I can't be friends with any type of personality but in general I feel like if I'm a more quiet person, like if I have someone who's a little louder, a little more outgoing, it pro- it kind of provides a little bit of a balance. So, so from that aspect too, I also resonate with, uh, with Luca's character, but, but yeah, I was surprised watching it a second time, like how much Alberto really jumped out at me. So I'm curious, I'm curious for our listeners, if they have, um, any leanings one way or another, do you resonate with more of Luca's character, more of Alberto's character, a little bit of both? Um, how does your sexuality like, provide your lens for viewing this movie because I think that's super interesting. Would love to hear in the comments how uh how this movie hits you. So so feel free to go over to yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast, find our convocast episode post and share some thoughts on that. But in all all in all, I love this movie. Um I hear what you're saying. In general, I'm kind of opposed to sequels too. Like I I kind of like that this is a nice special. I like in the Pixar universe when we don't we don't have an up seven. Like we can just have up and that's it. We don't need to re-explore that universe. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people were upset when Toy Story 4 came out because Toy Story 3 kind of wrapped it all up and then we had to open it up again. And so, so I hear what you're saying, but there is part of me though that is legitimately curious and particularly with this realm of sexuality. Like I'm curious if they do a Luca 2, and they decide to play with that. I don't know if they will or not. I don't know if that's too risky for them or if they have all the concerns that you mentioned, like China would reject it or, or or whatever. Like, I'm curious if they were to explore it, though, like, what would that look like? Would they would they just make Alberto gay? Would they make both of them gay? Would they make just Luca gay? Would they make like I, I, I think there's just so much that's that's a story that's so at least in the animated world. I think that's like pretty untrodden territory. Maybe that story has been explored in other films where it's like unrequited love with a straight friend and a gay friend or something. I'm sure that's been done before, but um, I can't think of any stories that come to mind. I don't know if any come to mind for you, but um, I don't know. I'd be curious. I I wouldn't be opposed to it. I wouldn't necessarily be for it either, but I would be intrigued to see what happens next. Yeah. Well, either way, well, one thing I I kind of also in a lot of ways feel like it is important to maybe, maybe at the very least, keep their sexualities ambiguous because, like, the, the, the again, the close friendship between the two, it's just so rare now that you see any sort of movie portray a close friendship between two people of the same sex without making it sexual, um, without it being platonic. And I think we desperately need more of that, you know? Um, I think that's, that's something we we, you know... Well, yeah, just need more of, because <laughs> I just feel like that's just kind of 
the thing um, that just kind of, you know, gets it rams in a lot of, again, kind of like a, a, around the whole idea is that we idolize marriage and the church and idolize sex or that sort of thing in both, you know, church or secular society and that kind of thing and don't value brotherhood and friendship as much. And so, I mean, I think it's, and plus I think it's also more interesting to keep it open in the movie, open for interpretation a bit, Um, have people decide and debate for themselves. You know, I mean, I think at the very least, we can definitely say that the relationship between, we can, we can debate uh, the sexualities of Luca and Alberto, but I think it's maybe safe to say that their relationship was platonic, um, was very much platonic and depicted that way in the movie. but I think it's, and also, you know, the, the whole idea of hiding your sea monster, that's also something that can be kept open to interpretation in a lot of ways, not just like with sexuality. I mean, you know, with, you know, being a sea monster in a sea monster hating community, you know, be like a, being a Jew in Nazi Germany or, um, you know, a, minor, a minority or in any situation or something taboo or whatever, which is something, again, also something that just about everyone can relate to on some level. We all have a part of ourselves that we don't want to reveal to society out of fear of ridicule or that kind of thing. So that's that's also an area I think that's good to keep open for interpretation as well. Yeah, that's such an interesting point about ambiguity, because when you keep it ambiguous, then it does bring in more perspectives because you could have your story and the way it hits you and then this person's story. Not to say that if it was specific that you still couldn't draw that parallel, but keeping it ambiguous does kind of open the tent a little wider, I think, for for other people to uh, to put their lens of their personal experience onto the story. So so that's an interesting point that you bring up. I'm uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just really curious to see see what uh, what happens if something happens next, we'll see. Mm. My my hunch is whether it's one year from now or 20 years from now that Pixar will not be able to resist opening this box again because I've noticed a lot of their movies get sequels. Not not all of them, but a good number of them are starting to get sequels now. So I'm curious what uh, what happens if, if Luca gets the sequel treatment or not. Yeah. Or at the very least, I think it is still at the very least be fun to have like maybe more web series or something like that on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. <laughs> no, I'm definitely going to check those out because I'm curious to see what all is featured there. Um, all in all, though, Luca, such a great film. Definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it, if we haven't already spoiled it enough for you. Um, you know, it's on Disney+. Plus. Pay the pay the Disney overlords, whatever you need <laughs> to, and you can watch it there. But yeah, it's a pretty, pretty solid film. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to to talk about with Luca? Oh gosh, uh, it's so hard to contain it in a half hour episode in a lot of ways because it just opens up so many doors. Um, you know, it also kind of just ties into like I saw good old Art of Manliness. Uh, they're the ones that posted those blogs about the history of male friendship and how men used to be more open and intimate in their friendships back in the day. And they recently posted something on their Instagram where it was like, it had one of those pictures from one of those uh, history of male friendship blogs. And it talked about, are we the prudes actually? Like we're supposedly in a day and age where, um, I mean, I, obviously I can't read the whole thing in the amount of time we have, but, but you know, how we supposedly live in a, you know, sexually free society, you know, and we're accepting of, you know, homosexuality and gay marriage or, or all promiscuity or all this kind of things. And, and yet, 
you know, still the idea of a platonic male friendship is still something that causes a lot of controversy or seen as taboo. I mean, we saw the controversy that, you know, or discussion that came out of it with Luca and that sort of thing. And it just sort of tied me into that. But either way, I, it's on it's on their Instagram. I recommend checking out. I just read that and I was just like, oh, hallelujah, this is perfect. And, you know, posted it on my Facebook and only got like two likes or something like that. But I don't know. But either way. Sad. The Art of Manliness. Yeah, check them out on social media. They have some good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I agree with you. We need more We need more friendship stories. So that's where that's where I am glad it was ambiguous. Like, I, there's a part of me that's curious to explore the, their sexuality if they get older in future films. But I also, I also just appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, just a friendship story. And the fact that Luca didn't have to fall in love with Julia before they got on the train. Like, like who knows? Maybe they will. Maybe they will fall in love. And that's, that's yeah. part of the next story. But... But like for now, they're just little little boys and girls and they can just hang out and be friends and have this adventure together. And um, yeah, it's just, it was it was great. It's such a great film. And um, I'm looking forward to more film reviews, whether you write about them or we continue to have podcast conversations about them because this seems to be a fun new development in the Yob world is that we have more film, TV and book reviews as well. And so be looking out for for that content as we move forward. Yeah, I might be writing something about a certain song from a certain musical that a lot of yobbers are in love with. Uh, see if you can guess what it is in the comments. Uh, but I might have written something about that that might be coming up. Ooh, what could it be? I wish I had more musical knowledge to throw out a red flat, a red herring. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my head. Wicked is Wicked a musical? Yeah, <laughs> but that's not from that. It's not. It's not about Wicked. Okay, so stay tuned for a Eugene Heffron blog, and of course, we'll have his Luca blog linked um, in the comments or in the notes of this episode if you want to check out his blog. Eugene, thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge and your perspective with us. It's always appreciated. Oh, sure thing. So glad to be here, Tom. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. You know, we have this book club in Patreon, and who knows? Maybe one day there will be a film club. That, that could be interesting. We could have a podcast. I'm sure we could have a Zoom call about Luca one day, maybe. Maybe that'll happen. Maybe we'll have a film film club. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> I'd be there for we'll that. We'll see. For people that are too lazy to read books. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. If you're interested in joining our Patreon community, we would love to have you go to patreon.com slash your other bros and all the information's there. Um, and until we cast our next convo, See you next time. Bye, Eugene. See you later. <laughs>